Welcome to the 1110 Leadership Podcast, where we tackle issues at the intersection of leadership, faith, and culture. I'm your host, Rob Shields, Vice President of Strategy at 1110 Leadership, and I'm joined by my co-host, founder and CEO of 1110 Leadership, David Spicker. Proverbs 1110 lays out a bold and countercultural vision. When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. We're here to ask, what does it look like practically to be this type of leader? Leaders willing to invest everything they have so that everyone around them can thrive. Join us on the journey as we lean in, listen, and learn how to become Proverbs 1110 kind of leaders. The kind of leaders that make our cities rejoice. David. Rob, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It is 2024. We're a whole year older on the 1110 Leadership Podcast. Do you feel it? Yeah, it's exciting. Love, <laughs> love a new year and the freshness of, it, of a new year. What is ahead? So feel good. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think we landed in a really good place with our last episode on rest. Took a little break, practiced what we preached. And now I'm really excited to jump into this new series around goals that make you whole. Love that title. It's a sticky title. This is going to be a foundational episode, but you know this is the time of year, right? Tis the season around goal setting, and I think our, our intent with this new series around goals that really promote wholeness, which you really unpack more in your book, The Just Leader, which is coming down the way real soon, but we're going to try to use this series to lay a foundation for your year, you know, for your leadership, and for your business, and so we're going to cover topics like creating a personal mission statement. What does it look like to have goals around your leadership, but even personal goals around if marriage, if you're married, kids, if you have kids, budgeting at home. These all play into, and we're taking a holistic approach to leadership with this series. And so I'm excited to get very practical around some of these, these topics that we'll be covering. So without further ado, I think we need to start with this concept of knowing our why. So David, can you just start there? I know we briefly touched on this early back in the early days of the podcast when we talked about impact in the Thrive series, episode five, but we're going to return to this subject and take it in a little bit of a different direction when it comes to flushing this concept out. Why is this idea of knowing our why so crucial for leaders? Yeah. So Excited to think about this as a foundational element for our new year as we do this series and build the building blocks that can help us make sure we have deep roots around our leadership, our businesses, and how then this plays out for the rest of the year. Starting with why is huge. It becomes the engine, honestly, around everything that we do. And to build off of Simon Sinek's famous TED Talk, he said, every organization knows what they do. Some know how they do it, but very few people or organizations know why they do what they do. Not profit, that's a result, but purpose. And purpose could not be more relevant and critical today, uh, particularly with the way the workforce is going. Forbes reports, when they're looking at workforce trends, particularly related to millennials and Gen Z employees, that they care deeply about meaning. They don't want to be treated like bodies. Younger employees want instead to believe in the value of the work and their company's purpose. They're willing to do hard work to reach meaningful goals and contribute to 
meaningful achievements, but they're less likely to follow orders without context or remain in unfulfilling or disrespectful environments. They don't need to be in charge, and they're not looking for everything to be perfect, but they want to be heard, and they are much more willing to go along with rules and and or even restrictions if they understand the reasons why. So as we discussed during our impact episode, leaders who can connect with their why enable their people to then do hard work. And sometimes leaders look at particularly their young employees and get fed up, fed up with them about their lack of engagement, their lack of work ethic. And instead of pointing the finger to them, we need to point our finger back to us and see what are we not doing to help them understand the meaning and purpose of their work. Mm. Yeah, I love that. And we we defined this term impact back in episode five as the ways people understand why they do what they do and how their work is impacting the broader community. You know, or as, or as our friend Andy Crouch would say, the meaningful difference you and your organization are making. And I love his emphasis on even shifting to think about impact in terms of influence over time that really could be compounded over time. So David, this is probably baked into the process when you're starting a company. It's really at the forefront, right? You got to nail down your mission, vision, values. And so a lot of this, you're, you're, you haven't launched yet. So you're just, you're thinking about putting the structures in place, but it also seems like something that once you're established and maybe even successful at doing what you do, this is something that could get pushed to the wayside along the way. And so kind of for both of those audiences, how do leaders determine the why and the purpose of their business, maybe at the front end, or in some cases rediscover it if they feel like they maybe have gotten lost or underemphasized along the way? Well, I think it may be simpler than we think. Honestly, I believe it's just simply connecting or reconnecting to our work story or in, or our business story. Okay. As an example, when I was at Jobs for Life, <clears throat> and I probably have mentioned the story of how Jobs for Life was started in one of our episodes between a businessman, Chris Mangum, and Pastor Donald McCoy, who, through their relationship, they had an idea that formed what is now Jobs for Life. I can't tell you how many times I told that story to audiences or to our team or and the principles that came out of that story over 18 years. I, I told that story thousands of times, thousands. And I remember thinking when I was maybe on the you know 1100th time I was telling that story, that I had to tell it like it was the first time I was telling it because the audience that I was telling it to was hearing it for the first time. And even those that had heard it multiple times were reminded of principles and ideas that, that were at the foundation of why our organization even exists, what came out of it. And I've applied that too to my work story here at 1110 Leadership just being reminded about why I even started this company, the the need to see leaders thrive so that their people can thrive and ultimately our communities thrive. And that was that was driven by business leaders who would come to me and say they were still wanting, there was something that, that was missing in their leadership and missing in the ways they were connecting their work and their purpose 
to real impact, which is exactly what we're talking about today. And how could they do that in such a way that not only would they, you know, impact their people, but they would allow their their city to thrive and flourish. So this idea of cities rejoicing that we talk about all the time with Proverbs eleven ten. <clears throat> I would imagine that over our episodes, we've been coming back to our own, you know, work story over and over and over again. And so I'm making the point that A, we have to know our work story. B, we need to tell our work story. And we need to have people begin to experience that for themselves and find their own story within that larger story. So for example, for for me, when I first started with Jobs for Life, I was telling the story of how it began, but it was somebody else's story because I come into the organization after it began and I was just mimicking Hmm. what people were telling about that story, but I hadn't really experienced it yet for myself, the principles and the ideas that came from that story. And yet the leaders put me in situations where I had to learn this for myself, experience for myself. And that way, over time, I began to find where my personal story interacted with the overall story of the company. And it made my work so much more meaningful, so much more engaging, because my why was then connected to the overall why of the organization. And it happened over time, but there were just intentional steps that took place as people made me know, learn, and experience the story of our company and organization. Business leaders often don't think like this, that this is important. It's easy to miss in the day-to-day grind that we need to connect people to our stories and we need to connect ourselves to our stories. People really resonate with it when they understand the meaning behind what we do, not just our people, but also even our customers, people that we engage with, and they want to be a part of something meaningful and lasting. And so it takes some real intentionality for leaders to to pull that out and to make that a part of the, their regular experience at work. I love that. I love the idea of stories. Stories are powerful. I mean, you even talked about that in the last newsletter, which we can link to in the show notes in December of everyone has a story and how important it is to tell your own story and your company's story. Because really what that does, David, is, is it emphasizes it back to what Cynic referenced of, away from this idea of profit and result to being really people-centric in your approach to leadership. And so could you just unpack that a little bit more? Because I think I think that's really meaningful. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, purpose and our whys always comes down to people. It's never what we do. Again, going back to Simon Sinek quote, it's about not the what, but the why. And I believe the why is always centered around people, people impact lives being better, lives being maybe even transformed, people having opportunities to grow and flourish and have peace and security and and a full life. That's ultimately what we're hoping to create. This is going back to being co-creators with God and that he gave us the baton to continue his creation. And we do it ultimately to worship him, that it goes from people to our, our ultimate hope is that We are doing things that further God's purposes within the world, but that comes through helping people and communities flourish. 
A great example of this, which is really fun, is the Wright brothers. And no one knowing who Samuel Pierpont Langley is because of this understanding of why and how their work impacted people. Can you, can you unpack that for us, Rob? Yeah, I love, uh, we, we camp out on this story a lot when we do our Thrive leadership trainings for companies. And yeah, Sinek does a really great job in his TED Talk breaking down the difference between, you know, Samuel Pierpont Langley was better funded. He had a grant at the time, was massive, $50,000 of the War Department. The New York Times followed him around. He had a seat at Harvard. His objective was to figure out man-powered flight. And he was better resourced, better documented, but his goal was to be famous. And so the day that the Wright brothers cracked the code, Langley quit the very same day because his goal was about the what? Being famous. And the Wright brothers, literally no New York Times following, no grant from the, the federal government. They were using proceeds from their leftover from their bike shop, right? Which couldn't have been that lucrative, right? <laughs> but they believed that aviation was going to help better mankind. And transfer, they, transfer they the knew world. what their why was. Yeah. <clears throat> and people gravitated to that and wanted to help them. And so they ended up, because they made it about people, people were rallied around their cause, volunteered their time to come alongside these guys, not to be famous because there was, there were no press right there in Kitty Hawk the day they figured this out. So it's just, I think Senek does a really great job in the Ted talk of just illustrating this difference of, you know, what happens when you start with the why and you, you make that the center of your work and purpose differentiating where it puts you in some rare ground. Cause most people don't spend time thinking about it. Don't let it shape their work and really just instead make it about profit and result. So David, you know, this is a foundational episode. We're going to unpack these concepts and really spend our time with that in, in forthcoming episodes. But can you just give us a bottom line, lay the foundation for this series and for this year around goals that make you whole in this concept of, of starting with why? Well, this is going to take some time. And I know we want things to be quick, particularly when we start off the new year. We want to just get this over with and move on and try to achieve our goals. But I just want to encourage everyone that when you're talking about something that makes you and others whole, you've got to be really thoughtful and intentional and not rush this. So while we're going to be going through these topics very practically in order to build out a strong foundation for the year. And then the second thing I would say as a bottom line is all this starts with your own personal mission statement. It's really challenging to think about a company-wide mission and or a company-wide purpose if you haven't also thought through your own personal mission statement and how that mission ties into the overall mission of your organization or your business. And many people haven't taken the time to do the exercise of establishing what's my personal mission statement. If somebody was going to come to you and ask you, what's your, what's your mission in life? What would you say? And it'd be very similar to a company mission statement where you've identified the words and the ideas and the principles that really define who you are, no matter what job you do. It's mm. a mission statement that carries with you no matter what your context is. It's basically, why are you on this earth? What's your 
purpose and how has God uniquely designed you to be who he has called you to be. So that's a uh, teaser for our next episode because we're going to go through that more intentionally to give you some ideas and and a method of even thinking through how you build your own personal mission statement. I love it. I love how how practical we're going and we're we're getting really down to the ground level and the nitty-gritty of leadership with this series and wholeness, right? I mean, what better subject to kick off a new year and camp out on for a bit. So, looking forward to where we're going with this, David. Until next time. Thank you, Rob. To learn more about 1110 leadership, visit our website at 1110leadership.com. That's the numerals 11 then spelled out t e n leadership.com. That's 11 tenleadership.com. There you'll find more resources to equip you on the journey of becoming an 1110 leader. You can also get connected to our growing leadership network. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. To help others find us, you can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts.